I hope that you've been watching our, our Narrow Way videos. If you've watched the last couple videos we've put out there, Dad talked about, I guess two weeks ago now, uh, the establishment of the church. And then on the one we put out last Thursday, Brandon talked about the organization of the church. And this afternoon I want to talk a little bit about part of that organization that we have within the church. Brandon talked about the different offices or the roles that we see within the church that are within each congregation at every church. And he, he briefly covered, as, as we will cover in more depth in the following weeks, elders, deacons, and, and other offices that we see talked about in the scriptures and in the New Testament. That includes prophets and apostles and he explained that, so if you didn't hear that, go listen to that video. I'm not here to get into that, but to talk about the office that we all can hold uh, as members of this congregation. Last time I spoke, we, we spent a decent amount of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and these things together got me to thinking about this chapter, and I want to talk about some of these verses we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this afternoon, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have, all, have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one mem member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And so as we pick up here and we, we see some important things we need to take note of, there was... Organization set within the church. Christ expects the church to run in a certain and specific way. He says there in, in verse 14, For the body is not one member, but many. And he, he gives this idea and he talks about this truth that the body of Christ, and he likens that to a human, a physical body. And we have, some, we have people that do different roles. They assume different roles and they do different things. Some are the hearing. Some are the ears. Some are the seeing. They're the eyes. And we'll read a few more verses that will make this a little clearer as we, as we go throughout our study this afternoon. <clears throat> he says in the 16th verse, uh, he says something very similar in the 15th, but he says, And if the ear shall say, because I'm not... The eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? He says there's not a part of the body you can be that, that makes it unimportant, that makes it realistically not a part of the body. When you think about it, in, in very simple terms, I'm not telling you anything new here, if a person doesn't have ears, they can't hear. And that puts, very simply, that puts somebody at a disadvantage. If you have a person who doesn't have eyes, that puts them at a great disadvantage. And he's saying the church is the same way. If a church is missing their, their vision, they're at a great disadvantage. If a church is missing 
people filling their role and uh, playing their part, they're at a great disadvantage. And we'll read some of these verses in between here in a little while, but if we skip down there towards the end of the chapter, it says in the 28th verse, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. He says, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? This is a rhetorical question. He says, you're not supposed to all do the same thing. You're not supposed to all have the same job. In an ideal congregation, people assume different roles. They take different responsibilities. They do different things. He says this uh, rhetorically because not everyone is going to be a teacher. And I think that was understood from a long time ago. And I think that's okay. And I think that's partly maybe by design. Not all are teachers. Not all are apostles. Not all are prophets. That's by design. But with that being said, we're still a member of the same body. And we all still have a role that we need to assume. You have a role to play. You know, I got to thinking about my role here at the congregation. And that's really my main goal with this study is for every one of us to think about the role that we play at this congregation and to think about what actions or what responsibilities that we have within that role. You know, if I can take a step back for just a second, I think about the roles that I play in my day-to-day life. Roles that I, some, never ask to to take responsibility of. Roles that, that I never ask for. You know, I I play the role of son and brother and friend. Those are roles that I didn't ask for. They're just roles that were kind of thrown in my lap, I guess. I've been a brother since I was born. And I just wondered, have have I fulfilled the role of brother or son or friend to the best of my ability? Are there things that I need to be stepping up and doing as a brother or as a son or as a grandson, or whatever you may want to fill that blank in for yourself. There's some roles I've asked for in life. I play the role of financial advisor for some people, and that's a different role. I don't play that role 24-7 for, for certain people, you know, but it's something that I think about. Now there are people's finances who I feel some responsibility for, And I have to assume that role and I have to make sure that I do that to the best of my ability or else I'm going to let somebody down or else they could be in trouble. It might cause them problems in their life. And then naturally I thought about, once again, my role in the church. Am I playing my role to the best of my ability or am I letting someone down? Am I letting the congregation down? Do I even have a role? Are there even responsibilities I attempt to fulfill? You know, we're all different things to different people. We play different roles with different people. Like I said, to some people, I am nothing more than their financial advisor. And that's okay. That's just the role I play. 
But to some people, I am a brother. Some people, I am a son. We all play different roles to different people. And I think that will give us depth, and that will give us a sense of, I guess, satisfaction, a sense of place within our role. I want you to know that roles aren't bound within the church, within the congregation. Roles are certainly not bound to Sunday morning. I want that to be clear. Some of the roles that we're going to talk about today are, have very little to do with, with Sunday, have very little to do with the first day of the week. What is your role? If I were to ask you to state your role to me, what would you say? What are the responsibilities that you take care of as a member of this congregation? You know, I hope that we all could come up with something. That's part of my... Part of the reason I got thinking about this, what are the roles that I play? What are the things that I do to help? We're all one body here. We're all members of one body. And if I don't take responsibility for something, then I'm letting other people down. It's not just me being lazy, but it's me letting the congregation down. You know, you might say, if I ask you what your role is, you might say, well, I find my role in Matthew chapter 28. It says, go teach baptize, help people to observe all things. You might say, well, that's my role. And Okay. You might say, well, my role, I find it in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. That's part of my role. That's the role that I assume. You might say, well, I, my role is in Hebrews chapter 20, 10 and verse number 25. My role is to be here. I'm going to be here. I don't care when it is. I don't care if it's Sunday morning. I don't care if it's Sunday afternoon, if it's a, a uh, gospel meeting. Or whatever it is, that's my role and that's the role that I'm going to assume. And I'm going to make sure that I'm here. That's, that's great. I, I applaud you in that. You might say, well, my role is found in Matthew 25. I'm going to feed people who are hungry and give people something to drink if they're thirsty. I'm going to take people in. I'm going to clothe the naked. I'm going to visit the sick. I'm going to go see those who are in prison. And that's my role. That's the things that I do. And I hope that you feel like these are all part of your role. But I want you to understand that these are just part of your role. Whenever I thought of this verse, well, these, these series, a few verses, in the context of our study this afternoon, I, I just imagined going into a job interview. And we'll say that this job interview is, is with this company. I'm answering phones. I'm setting up meetings. I'm talking to uh, customers on the phone and hearing their complaints or whatever, whatever that is. I answer the phones. And I go in for my job interview and I'm sitting down there with the boss, and he's asking me questions. I'm answering questions. And he says, now, you know you're going to be answering the phone. I say, yeah. He says, I want to tell you about your, your role, what you're going to do here. I'm assuming he's not going to say, your number one goal is don't steal from the company. <laughs> you don't need to steal from the company. That's not your role. Don't do that. If you do that, you're doing good. I don't assume he's going to say that. And I think the same. it's a similar thing in the congregation today. Our role is as Christians, is to teach the lost. Our goal as Christians is to study. Our goal as Christians is to be here when the elders call meetings. Our goal is, and our role, rather, is, as Christians is to feed the hungry and so on. But our role is bigger than that. Our role is more important than that. We have other things in our role that, 
that go beyond this. I want us to think of our role and to think of our responsibilities as something that goes beyond some of these commandments that we see. We can say, yeah, my, you know, the Bible says don't lie. My role is to not lie. I'm trying to get us to look a little bit further past that. Here's that verse again, if you want to look at it one more time. So what is your role? You think about the things that you do for the congregation, the responsibilities that you've assumed for the congregation. Roles are expected. If we read in Hebrew, and excuse me, Ephesians chapter 4, we read a little bit more, a similar verse to what we read in 1 Corinthians 12, where it says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It says, Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But, speaking the truth in love, may we grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We see some of these same roles that are listed out here. And we're, if we remember from 1 Corinthians 12, it says we're not all going to assume these specific roles. Not all are going to be apostles. He may have gave some as apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, but not all are going to assume those roles. But roles are still expected. He says that these roles that we assume are here for the perfecting of the saint, for the work of the ministry. It's to edify, it's to help the body grow. There's a use for these roles. And he says, through that, every joint supplieth and maketh increase. And that'll make a little bit more sense when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and the 15th verse, where it says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that, is, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You know, I find this verse interesting. You know, Rick talked about addictions this morning. And I found that interesting as we find the word addic addicted here. And if you look at that word addicted and you look at that word ministry, it makes this a lot clearer. We talk about this verse pretty often, honestly. It's a great verse. But for the first time, uh, at least to my uh, taking note of, I looked at the meaning behind the word addicted and the meaning specifically behind the word ministry there. If you look at it from the way that these words mean, addiction could mean to devote, to have devoted. If we take kind of what Rick talked to us about this morning, an addiction it is a devotion. It's someone that's devoted themselves to a certain action or whatever that might be. And that's why we can be addicted to the ministry of the saints as well. If you look at the word ministry there, it had two different words that I liked and it worked for my study this afternoon, <laughs> which were office or 
service. And so if we read it under that context, they have devoted themselves to the office of the saints. They have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. In my mind, he's talking about a role. You know what they did? They devoted themselves to the role that they had to play. They all knew, they, all of them knew, that they weren't necessarily a teacher, that they weren't necessarily a prophet, they weren't necessarily an apostle or an elder. And regardless of that, they still devoted themselves to the office of a saint. They still devoted themselves to the work that the church needed. And because of that, in verse 17, in the latter part there, it says, For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied, for they have refreshed my spirit. Now, I can't help but look at these two separate passages now together and in the same light. If we go back and we, we think about Ephesians chapter 4, where it says the whole body is, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, he, he gave us these roles. I have to read some more, maybe on the next page. It is in the 15th verse, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. He gave us these roles. And I see that if we as a congregation, if we as saints and members here will addict ourselves and devote ourselves to the ministry, to the office, and to the role, what will happen? What I can't help but picture is, is a person on crutches who's got a bad knee problem. He's got a joint issue. Knee joint's no good. And I think of this person then as the church, and it makes me sad. Because I see this man, and he's, he's running a race. And while everyone's running, he's on crutches. Because there's one joint that won't supply. Because there's one issue. He's got one problem. Got one bad joint. And I think of that as the church because we're all members of the one body. And if we can just devote ourselves and addict ourselves to the ministry and to the office, it says that every joint will supply, for that which was lacking will be supplied. And we'll be refreshed. And I think of this, this joint. And once it's healed and once it's supplying, it's a whole different congregation. It's a whole different body. It's got a whole different use. It doesn't need crutches anymore. It's not being held back anymore. All because one person devoted themselves. Roles are expected. So I ask you why. I think it's clear why roles are expected. It's been told to us that not everyone can be an elder. Not everyone can be a deacon. Not everyone will be an evangelist. Not everyone an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. But that we all have a role. Now why? You may think that you don't have a role. If I asked what your role was and you said, well, I don't have a role. I, I don't really play a part. There's nothing really that I can do. Nothing that I can do well. 1 Corinthians 12, if we read these other verses, will make it pretty clear that's not the truth. 
It says, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. I think about some of the things you may have heard before as a, as a reason or as an excuse on why someone can't play a role. You think, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to play a role. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough free time. I'm not wise enough. I don't know the scriptures well enough. Or I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm a woman. Or I've messed up. I've done some things that are just too bad. I, I really can't fill any of these roles now. I don't know what, what you might think of. But it makes me happy if you've got those excuses. Because this is the greatest comeback of all time. Those members of the body which seem to be more feeble, which seem to have excuses and which seem to have reasons why they can't play their part are necessary. They're needed. They're vital. They're vital to the organization of the church. In 1 Corinthians 7, it says, For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. Besides the point of saying you are too feeble or you have this excuse, God says you're necessary. He says every man has his proper gift. Every man has, has some way that they can help out with the congregation. Every man has their role and has the space that they will fill within the body. And I suppose most importantly, why we were given roles in the, in the church and as members of the body, we were given roles, as we read here in 2 Timothy 2, it says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. If there's ever a reason, or a need, you're looking for a reason, to fill the role, whatever, how big or how small that may be, let this be your reason. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. You know, Dad talked about uh, the financing of the church a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. And the main point he wanted to get across that was, this isn't for fun. We don't talk about this because it's enjoyable or anything. It's, it's for a greater good. It's for... The same reason here, that, that others may obtain salvation. That's why we all need to pick up a role, not be, only because we can and because God told us we should and because we have a role to play and we have a gift to bring to the table. But at the end of the day, it's so that others may obtain salvation. Isn't that not the reason for, for everything within the church? So that others may obtain salvation. And we'll see a little bit more of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 25. If we start there, it says, That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. 
We all have roles because without this, without everyone playing a different part in the body of Christ, without the organization we have in the church, there's a gap. This is one of the words we talked about uh, last time I spoke, six weeks ago or so. That there be no schism or gap or missing link in the body. It's so that the church will be a well-oiled machine. So I want you to think as we begin to wrap up our study this afternoon, what role will you fill? I wouldn't be a very good speaker if I didn't give you some ideas on some roles that needed filling. Not particularly to this congregation, but just some ideas of some roles. I want to read a couple examples before that of some roles that we see that are filled that honestly are pretty vague. That don't give us a lot of detail. A couple of them don't anyways. Maybe the best one is in Acts chapter 9. And we won't read a bunch of the verses there, but we'll read two that talk about the role that this woman named Dorcas filled. In the 36th verse it says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. This woman had devoted herself to a role. And she found a role which she could fill. And once she had passed away, we read a few verses later, Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. We see this woman who found a gap or found a hole or found a need in her local congregation and she filled that need. And she devoted herself to that office of saint or to that service by making clothes. You may think that your job is feeble or whatever role you have to play is not glamorous or that you're not an elder or a deacon or a teacher and so your job is not as important. However, it becomes evident that the role that Dorcas filled was, was needed and that it was necessary and that it had an incredible impact. We get a little snippet, I guess, of a role in Luke chapter 8, verse number 3, with Joanna and Susanna, which ministered unto him of their substance. We don't know exactly what Joanna and Susanna did, but we know that they filled a role. We know that they played a part. And we see a very similar occurrence in Matthew chapter 8. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother... And sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she arose and ministered unto them. We see this woman who you would assume was feeble, Peter's mother-in-law, who saw a need, who saw a role, and filled that role. And finally, we see the example that Jesus himself gives us. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. Not all roles are glamorous. And not all roles are fun. And some roles include feet. (laughs) But there are roles that, that each of us can do. You may feel like you don't have much talent. You may feel like you're feeble. But I'm assuming that you can wash feet. 
And that may not be fun, but that may be the role that you have to fill. That may be the need that the congregation has. Finally, in Romans chapter 12, we see one more very similar verse to Ephesians 4 and to 1 Corinthians 12, where it says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether by prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. There's a lot of roles that need filling. And if you don't have a role, I, I would urge you to pick up a role today. I don't know what that might be. It might be that you can show mercy or that, or that you're a teacher. It may be that you're an elder or, or that you help with communion. And that may be the role that you fill. But the scriptures urge us to use our gift. It says that all members have not the same office. Having then, in verse 6, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And the general idea here, he says everyone has a different gift. And then he goes to the list of prophecy or, or ministry or teaching or exhortation. He says everyone has a different gift. Whatever that gift may be, use your gift. And, or ability. Use your ability. Use whatever you have at your disposal. That may be making clothes. What does the church need? You know, I would say that you need to talk to one of the elders after church. And they didn't know I was going to talk about this. So give them a minute to think about what role you can fill at this congregation. But to be blunt, if we have members that don't assume roles, if we have mindsets and attitudes and, and passive thoughts, I guess, like myself, who don't always think about my role, and I get caught in the rut of just coming to church week after week and being here, then the church is crippled. Every joint does not supply. And we're running a race on crutches. So I urge you to find something that the church needs you may think it's feeble, you may think it's unimportant, but it's necessary. The church needs teachers. And maybe you can be a teacher. Once again, I'm trying to tell you, this isn't necessarily have to do with Sunday morning. This doesn't have to do with a worship assembly, but the church needs teachers. That's talked about in all these examples we read this afternoon. The church needs leaders. The church needs people who will submit to leaders. The church needs us to invite others to studies and to the worship assembly and to talk about the Bible. The church needs members of this community to be intentional everywhere they go and in everything that they do, whether it's pumping gas or whether it's at work. That may be the role that you fill is being intentional 
each and every day in the community. The church needs members who are going to be hospitable to other members and be hospitable to strangers, and that may be the role that you need to fill. The church needs people who are willing to give their time and their money. The church needs somebody to be the muscles and to move chairs and other muscular things. The church needs people who will share their possessions and share their wisdom and share about their failures so that others can be strengthened. The church needs somebody on Sunday to greet visitors. The church needs somebody who's willing to make meals. and The church needs someone who's willing to visit other members and people in the community. The church needs members who will assume the role of just checking on people. If that's someone who's come forward, to check on them for a while. As long as you think they need it, to text them, to call them, to pray for them, to tell them that you're praying for them. To just call them and visit with them. That's a role that we need. We need people who will come and check on the building. The church needs people who are serious. The church needs people who are happy. The church needs people who are funny. Done. We need, the church needs people who are excited. The church needs people who are ready to act. The church needs people who are slow to act. The church needs people to run the sound room. The church needs people to be early. The church needs people to stay late. The church needs people to wash feet. The church needs people to be devoted to the office of the saints. The church needs people to be addicted to the role that they play. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.